Hi there, and welcome to Even If, a weekly podcast about standing firm when life is shaking. I'm your host, Kelly Strife. Strife rhymes with wife. And together, we're finding the courage to approach uncertain and unwanted seasons of life through a posture of faith that stands firm and declares, even if he doesn't, he is still good. Peter and I went to New York for Christmas last year. It was just a few months after Imogen died and we wanted to do something different. We were craving, I guess, the hustle and bustle of getting lost in the crowd. And that's the funny thing about grief. Sometimes you crave the quiet and other times you need the noise. And I guess this was just an other time. But the other reason we went is because we wanted to embrace the opportunity to do things we loved that would have looked different with a baby involved. Now, given the choice, we would always have chosen Imogen, but since she wasn't here, we wanted to do the things we wouldn't have been able to do if she was. I don't know if that makes complete sense, but it was a way we could embrace the present we were living, even though we longed for it to be different. So we went to New York and we did all the typical touristy things. We stayed in this postage stamp size hotel room off Times Square and we walked to Central Park and Rockefeller Center and we visited museums and the library and went to shows. But our favorite part was taking the subway to these small hidden neighborhoods and just wandering through the streets. We'd taken the homes and the apartments and Imagine what life would be like if we lived there. We just pretended that that was our home. And so we'd wander in and out of shops and we found restaurants that aren't on any list, but we knew they needed business. And so we'd go in and just pretend that we were regulars and that they knew our order everywhere we went. We kind of made it the best of both worlds. We were tourists and locals in our minds. And it was one of my favorite trips that we've taken together. On a side note, we went to see Dear Evan Hansen, which probably wasn't the wisest choice when you're grieving the loss of a child, and I'm pretty sure I didn't stop crying for a single second during the entire show, but it was definitely worth it. And since we traveled throughout the whole city, we became very familiar with the subway. Peter navigated the subway for us. I never knew where we were going or what train we needed to get there. I just trusted that he did. And since I never knew which train we were looking for, My head turned at each one. With every single train that pulled into the station, I would look at Peter, eyebrows raised. Sometimes I'd ask him with my voice and other times just with my face, is this one ours? Should we get off here? Is this the stop we need? And most times he'd look back at me and say, nope, not yet. Ours is coming soon. And I'd wait somewhat impatiently until the next train pulled in. And once we boarded each train, I did the same thing with every stop. I didn't want to miss it, so I'd get ready to jump off at each one. And sometimes he'd tell me three more stops, two more stops, one more stop. But other times he would just tell me this one wasn't it, and I'd go back to waiting to pull up to the next one. The truth was that I didn't need to know where we were going because Peter did. I didn't need to navigate us to get there because he had that covered. I didn't need to understand the map because he had studied it and he knew where it led. I knew that. And I knew that our train was going to come. But that didn't stop me from wondering how long it would take. It didn't stop me from getting impatient the longer it took. And it didn't stop me from wondering if every single one was ours. If this were three years ago, you would find me talking about waiting a lot. Waiting was the dominant theme in my life for years. I spent my 20s and most of my 30s waiting and longing to be married and have a family of my own. 
I've spent years looking at negative pregnancy tests, willing them to have a second line. And now we're waiting to be matched in an adoption and there's little we can do to speed the process along. Apparently, God is not concerned with making me wait or even telling me how many stops are left. But much like I looked up at every train that pulled into the station wondering if this one would be it, I find myself equally attentive to possibility in my own life in seasons of waiting. Is he the one? Is this the month? Will this baby become our child? And there's something really beautiful about the possibility that each encounter holds. But I'm often so focused on the thing that will put an end to my waiting that I miss what's happening in me while I do. My wait feels like wasted time until the thing I long for arrives. And then enters Advent, and it tells a different story. This season of waiting and preparation and anticipation for what's to come. It tells the story of generations of people who hoped for Jesus, who waited for God to keep his promise, who kept watch for the arrival of one they longed to know, and who never saw it in their lifetime. What's certain to us was faith to them, and they waited for years and years and years. And now we celebrate Advent by marking days off the calendar and lighting candles around the table. It's a counting down to the certain arrival of Jesus, hope restored, longings fulfilled, fears relieved. But centuries ago, they weren't counting down the days because they didn't know how many there were. They weren't looking for Jesus as a baby because they didn't know that's how he was coming. And I wonder how many leaders and priests, prophets and kings they looked at and thought, is this it? Is he the one? Only to be disappointed every time opportunity passed them by. When you're waiting on things with no due date, you don't count down, you count up. Each day isn't one day closer, but one higher, one longer. You're not tearing links off of your paper chain. You're adding marks to your tally sheet and crying out and asking, how much longer, God? How much longer do we have to wait? They knew how it feels to wait with no end in sight, to wonder with no timeline given, to be impatient and disappointed and discouraged. And we do too. We're waiting on things promised to us like the coming Messiah was to them. And we're also waiting on things we only hope we'll get to experience here on earth. And while I can't say for certain whether or not all of those things will come, I can say that their arrival doesn't determine the worth of our wait, no matter how long it takes. Because Advent reminds us that waiting isn't the prequel to our story. It's central to the narrative of our faith. For generations of people, their wait lasted their entire lives. Their whole life, they knew what it felt like to wait. But it wasn't wasted on them, and it's not wasted on you. It's not what we get through to get to. It has purpose and value and worth all on its own. Because we encounter God not just in his arrival, but in his sure and certain coming. If you're weary of waiting for things in your own life right now, Advent might seem like a backwards thing to celebrate. Why would we embrace a season of waiting in our faith when we're doing everything we can to get out of one in our own lives? Why? 
Because after hundreds of years of waiting, one day God showed up. Because after decades of false alarms, one day the Messiah appeared. Because although it wasn't what they expected, it was exactly what he planned. Because he came on time, if not on schedule. And I don't want to be caught off guard or unprepared when he shows up unexpectedly in my story one day too. Advent reveals to us the suddenly movements of God, where everything changes in a moment. Breakthrough in the dead of night. New life in the messiest of places. Promises fulfilled in the most unexpected ways. He did it for them, and he's doing it for you. And that's why Advent stirs up hope. It reminds us of possibility. It reminds us that anything can happen. It reminds us that he keeps his promises even when they seem impossible or unlikely to fulfill. There's no situation too hopeless, no outcome too final, no wait past the statute of limitations. Those of us who know what it means to wait are the ones who can most identify with his coming then and can be the most excited for his working now. So Advent invites us to get ready whenever it comes, however it appears, whatever form it takes. I imagine there were people back then who gave up hope. I imagine there were people who carried deep disappointment that they didn't get to see what they longed for. And I know there were people who didn't recognize it when it came. But either way, God was working while they waited. There was a train on the way long before they saw it arrive. And it was coming whether they were ready or not. But I want to be expectant for the suddenly movements of God in my life, in my story today. I want to expect that at any moment, everything about our circumstance could change. At any moment, my longings could be fulfilled. At any moment, a new chapter could start. I want to get my hopes up for all God can and will do in my life. So this Advent, I'm inviting God to make me ready for the ways he's moving in my story and to raise my eyebrows in expectation for the moment breakthrough comes. I'm literally raising my eyebrows while I'm recording this. Have you noticed that's our physical reaction when our hopes are up? Eyes wide open, our eyebrows lifted and raised. And I often posture my body in prayer or surrender or worship to God. It's a way of physically connecting myself to the intention of my heart. I'll raise my hands or open my palms or kneel on my knees. So this month, I'm posturing my eyebrows in hope. And I'm laughing just thinking about it. You can't raise your eyebrows while you're praying and not have it stir up hope in your spirit. Seriously, try it. And I'm inviting you to posture your body in hope with me. Pray with your eyebrows raised. Worship with your eyes open in anticipation. Ask with a lifted brow, posture your body to match the intention of your heart and see what it does for your hope. Advent reminds us that God has not forgotten us. He hadn't forgotten them, and he hasn't forgotten you. This is the first of four episodes focused on Advent, and I'd love to know if you're joining this challenge to posture yourself toward hope. So if you're in, you can share how God is increasing your expectation. And if you're sharing on Instagram, Use the hashtag even if podcast, hashtag even if podcast, so I can follow along. See you back here next week 
for week two of our Advent series. 